It is declared that the spiritual master should be worshipped like the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and this injunction is obeyed by pure devotees of the Lord. The spiritual master is the most confidential servant of the Lord. Thus let us offer our respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of our spiritual master. By the way, there's another twa in this one. Shakshat Haritwena. That's in the instrumental case. So the word is actually Shakshat Haritwa. I've seen people quote this. It says, yes, it says the spiritual master is Shakshat Hari, which is really wrong. He's not directly Hari, but he's directly Haritwa. He directly has Hari-ness, you might say. <laughs> uh, <coughs> but that, that's the Shakshat Hari. Here it's translated, worship like the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That's not exactly really what it says either. He, uh, better way to say it, he is as good as, uh, as Hari. So here is the address. I'm just reading the first part of it. Gentlemen, on behalf of the members of the Bombay branch of the Gaudiya let me welcome you all, because you have so kindly joined us tonight in our congregational offerings of homage to the lotus feet of the world teacher Acharya Dev, who is the founder of this Gaudiya mission and the president Acharya of Sri Sri Vishwa Vaishnava Raj Sabha. I mean, my eternal divine master, Paramahamsa Parivraja Acharya Sri Sriman Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj. Sixty-two years ago, on this auspicious day, the Acharya Dev made his appearance uh, by the call of Thakur Bhaktivinoda at Sri Shetra Jagannathdam at Puri. Gentlemen, the offering of such an homage as has been arranged this evening to the Acharya Dev, notice all the time, the Acharya Dev, the capital A, is not a sectarian concern. For when we speak of the fundamental principle of Guru Dev, or Acharya Dev, Guru Dev is in capital letters, everywhere Guru shows up it's capitalized here. So here he's talking about the fundamental principle of Guru Dev or Acharya Dev. We speak of something that is of universal application. Application. So you hear this have this thought idea here, the, the universal principle, like a tattva, pancha tattva. They're not just individuals, but they're cosmic principles at the same time. And that's very interesting for us because, because when we talk about, when we say the word ness, we mean an abstraction. You know, the word abstract means to take out. Uh, and there's this particular flower that was a plant, say, as soon as I give it the name of the kind of plant it is, uh, it is a rose. Uh, still, this rose plant is different from all the other rose plants, so I've already, I'm, there's this idea of what a rose is, so you're abstracting already from the particulars of this particular rose plant. 
and then uh, you 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 so a rose bush, a rose is a, is a class name, and then you can say vegetation in general. That's even more abstract, and then living beings is more abstract. You know, you get to these uh, less and less concrete. But here, what we, we should know about Krishna consciousness is this division between the concrete and the abstract is also a duality. We say Panchatattva, but they're individual persons. They're not abstract entities at all. They have names. They have uh, when we say God, you know, I, I mean, when, 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 when you, when you, Thomas Aquinas, the, 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 the famous Christian medieval theologian, says in his Summa Theologica, the more abstract words are, the more properly they refer to God. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, you know, and even you say, People say, yeah, God is a person, but not like persons that we knew, but something like a person. And really, you know, when you start talking about God, all the words break down, and finally you have to zip your lips and say nothing. Uh, the more abstract the words are, the more part. And not only do we say God is a person, but we know that he plays a flute. He doesn't play a trombone. He's a cowherd. He doesn't hurt goats. He doesn't hurt sheep. <laughs> I mean, all these things, we, as Prophet said, we know his name, we know his address, we know his relatives. Now, here's the absolute, and he's got relatives. What kind of absolute has relatives? <laughs> So, I mean, well, so we see this, uh, this, the same, uh, the same uh, uh, kind of overcoming of duality is also there when it comes to the spiritual master. And that's what we're going to see. So he's talking about the principle. But it's not really impersonal, even. But highly personal. He says, but he says, when we, so he said it's not sectarian. When we speak of the fundamental principle of Guru Dev or Charya Dev, we speak of something that is of universal application. There does not arise any question of discriminating my Guru from that of yours or anyone else's. There is only one Guru who appears in an infinity of forms to teach you, me, and all others. So this is one very important aspect. Uh, the Guru, or Acharya Devi, as we learn from the bona fide scriptures, delivers the message of the Absolute World, I mean the transcendental abode of the Absolute Personality, where everything uh, none differently serves the absolute truth. We have heard so many times that Mahajnoyena Gatasapanta from Devanagari in the original. But we have hardly tried to understand the real purport of this shloka. And in this sloka, of course, is in the interesting uh, reply 
that Yudhisthira gives, what is the panta? The Yaksha showed up to ask him a bunch of riddles. One of them, what is the panta? Uh, and here this this Mahajanoyinagata is the panta. That is the panta is that way in which the Mahajanas have gone. So here he's using this Mahajana to refer to this Acharya day. And that's very a very interesting quotation here uh, that, 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 that Prabhupada makes. Because first of all, what is not the path? Tarko Pratishta. Shutayo uh, Vidina. None of these are the path. Because argument has no foundation. It can't find it to argument because Tarko Apratishta. It is without foundation. If I, if I give you a logical argument, and it's a deductive argument, you only get it to induction, it's a deductive argument. Deductive argument means if the premises are true, the conclusion is true. Absolutely sure and certain. But all that tells you is the price you have to pay to deny the conclusion. Uh, here's the, the typical example of a deductive argument. All men are mortal. Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. Right? That's a deductive argument. Solid. You know, the rules of logic apply. I don't like it. Say I'm Socrates. I don't like the conclusion that I'm mortal. What do I say? Well, how do you know all men are mortal? Have you seen them all? Maybe I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> or, how do you know I'm a man? You just deny what it, so talk about it. It's true. Uh, uh, and, and so philosophers, you know, they give a deductive argument, and then they've got premises, and they have to give arguments in favor of those premises, and that has premises, and you know, it goes on and on and on. So Shrute of Vadina. You're going to quote scripture to me? They're, they're, they're different divisions. You give me, you have one quote, I give you my quotes. There's the Karmakanda, there's the Jnanakanda, there's the Vasanakanda. They're all different divisions of scripture. So forget Shruti, <laughs> forget the scriptures. Tarako Pratishta, Shruti, or even Nasavyat, yeah, how does that go? Nasavyat, or whatever. And, and, uh, and, oh yeah, if, if you're a Rishi, if you're a sage, you can't, you can't be a Muni unless you have, you disagree with all the others. That's, that's your qualification. In academic circles, if you simply agree with somebody else, that's the end of your career. You have to be original. Truth is one, but everybody has to be original. <laughs> so you can't go to the rishis. You can't be considered a rishi unless you have a separate opinion. Then he says, Dharmasya tatvam mini hayam. The prince of Dharma is hidden. It's hidden in the hearts. Hidden in the heart. And therefore, those people who have it in the heart, they are the Mahajanas who you should follow. That, that, that's what he says. 
So notice the word is secret. It's gujam. It's not. It's not. It's not uh, uh, easy to uh, get to. But it's exemplified or followed by the mahajanas. So one should follow the mahajanas. Uh, and so. Prabhupada says, we have hardly tried to understand the real purport of the shloka, and if we scrutinizingly study this proposition, we can understand that the Mahajana is one, and the royal road to the transcendental world is also one. They're not like the rishis who have their different opinions. Many quotes. Uh, the uh, uh, um, he says the Katha Upanishad. I think most places I've heard referred to in the Mudaka Upanishad. Tat vijanartam sarvam ivadigat chet samatpanishotriyam brahmastam. That to know that truth, uh, one must approach uh, uh, the uh, guru. Vijnana. Vijnana means realized knowledge, experience knowledge, not just theoretical jnana, but vijnana. You should approach this guru. Samatpani, with firewood in your hand. Uh, uh, Samat is the the wood for sacrifice to go out and collect. So, like a menial servant, that's the idea. And this, uh, the spiritual master, uh, Shodriyam, uh, learned it in the uh, transcendental science and truthies, and Brahmanishtam fixed in the absolute truth. <coughs> Thus it has been enjoined here with that in order to receive that transcendental knowledge, one must approach the Guru. Therefore, if the absolute truth, Brahmanishtam, if, the, this, if the, the absolute truth is one, about which we think there is no difference of opinion, the guru can also can also cannot be two. The acharya, to whom we have assembled tonight to offer our humble homage, is not the guru of a sectarian institution or one out of many differing exponents of the truth. On the contrary. He is the Jagatguru, or the Guru of all of us. The only difference is that some obey him wholeheartedly, while others do not obey him directly. And then he quotes from the Bhagavatam, Acharyamam Vijaniyam Navam Nayeta Parichit Yamarcha. Buddha Sudhita Sarvadeva Maya Guru. Krishna speaking this to Uddhava Acharya Ma. Vicharya is me. He's me, or you can say in another form. And he should not be disrespected or thought of as a martyr, an ordinary mortal human being, nor should one be uh, uh, a Sudhita envious. Because the Guru is Sarvadeva Maya. Uh, really, literally means made up of all the Devas. 
usually translated representative of all the, the, the devas, but Sarvadeva Maya. So Prabhupada commenting Acharya Mahavijaniya. That is, the Acharya has been identified with God Himself. Or the gods. He has nothing to do with the affairs of this mundane world. He does not descend here to meddle with the affairs of temporary necessities. Not a politician. <laughs> but to deliver the fallen and conditioned souls, the souls or entities who have come here to the material world with a mode of enjoyment by the mind and the five organs of sense perception. He appears before us to reveal the light of the Vedas and to bestow uh, upon us the blessings of full-fledged freedom after which we should hanger at every step of our life's journey. So this is how Prabhupada uh, introduces this idea of the spiritual master who is uh, one uh, and who is present in many different forms. Uh, uh, but th so this is the idea of tattva. Tattva. There's an agreement. Uh, and that's, when you say represent, it means to present all over again. To present again. So you have to present something to make that something visible or available. So you represent the previous Acharya, who, if that person has represented the previous Acharya, it's the same teaching. There's no deviation. If they represent God, then it also. Uh, it, it is Krishna presented in an accessible way. That's the abstract side. The concrete side is this accessible. Accessible. And, and, and uh, here's where you have you have this kind of uh, another medieval theologian in, in, in Europe, Nicholas Kuza, defined God as the coincidence of opposites. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's pretty abstract, but it's getting a little closer to just abstract. So that means if God is the coincidence of our opposites, the, the concreteness, specificity ha, ha, has to be there. And that also has to be there in God's representatives. Uh, so now I want to turn to Bhagavatam. Uh, uh, first canto, third chapter. Krishna is the source of all incarnations. Uh, and, and there's uh, uh, a, f a famous uh, a verse that uh, a number of us have uh, written about and commented on. I think once mentioned this in a Vyasa Puja homage, where uh, the verse goes, I'll just read the English, O learned Brahmins, when Shukadev Goswami recited Bhagavatam there in the presence of Emperor Kirti, this is Sutta speaking, uh, uh, 
to the sages who managed to run the forest, who were curious to know what happened. So I was there when Sukhshukadeva recited the Bhagavatam there in the presence, presence of Emperor Pritchett. I heard him with rapt attention. Navishta. And thus, by his mercy, I learned the Bhagavatam from that great and powerful sage. Now I shall try to make you hear the very same thing as I have learned it from him and as I have realized it. He uses this word, yata adi yata adikam, yata mati, yata adikam, as it was presented, and yata mati, as I have realized it. There are these two, two sides are there. So then, Prabhupada talks about what it means. Now, there's a purport here that, that, that we've commented on. Uh, and, and, uh, the purport to the next verse, which is the first verse of the next chapter, continues this purport. And that's what's very interesting, what's in there. So here this purport. Prabhupada starts by saying, one can certainly see directly the presence of Lord Sri Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam if one has heard it from a self-realized great soul like Sukadeva Goswami. Now notice, he's talking about this Yadam, I have realized it. Realized, realized knowledge means experienced knowledge. And he says, see directly the presence of Lord Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam. That's what he's saying. That's what we're talking about when we say realize knowledge. Because the same principle applies to Bhagavatam that applies to the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. And that if I can hear Krishna's name, say Krishna's name, with full realization, uh, then I see Krishna directly. And the Bhagavatam is just a big name of Krishna. <laughs> Many volumes long. Because we know we can take a name Krishna, and that's a short name, but there's long name, Yamunatira Vanachari. That's a name of Krishna. There could be a Yamunatira Vanachari Das somewhere. <laughs> it's a long compound. Uh, uh, and to, to, to translate a, a Sanskrit compound, you stop from, start from the right and go to the left. Yamunatiravanachari. He wanders on the banks. Yamunatiravana. Uh, banks of the Jamuna, the forest of the banks of the Jamuna. One who is accustomed to wandering on the forest of the banks of the Jamuna. That's Krishna's name. And, and Sankarth Goswami has written uh, Krishna Livastava, where he's turned the whole of the, the Vrindavan pastimes into names of Krishna in the same way, using the, these compounds. So, that he does it. He actually does it. takes the whole Bhagavatam pretty much nothing but names of Krishna. So, uh, then Prabhupada goes on that you have to hear from a self-realized great soul like Sukadeva Swami, and Prabhupada then talks about how you can't learn it from the artistic hired reciters who do the Bhagavata Sapta, 
who are not self-realized souls, but good storytellers, good narrators. I've seen them, actually. I've been there. Got the whole audience in tears. And then the guy goes out and smokes a cigarette. <laughs> like that. And these things happen. They're just good. They're talented, that's all. And nor can you, he says, from people who interpret the text by a mundane scholarship. I know lots of professors who know the Bhagavatam better than we do, as far as knowing the text, studied it, and they don't believe a word of it. <laughs> He says, one has to learn Bhagavatam from the representative of Sukadeva Goswami and no one else if one at all wants to see Lord Krishna in the pages. So again, we're back to that topic. That is the process. And then Prabhupada goes through uh, the, the, uh, how they've heard. Sutta heard it from Sukadeva. Uh, Sukadeva heard it from Vyas and so on. He mentions the disciple succession. He says, simple hearing is not enough. Well, what is this what is the non-simple hearing? One must realize the text with proper attention. So here we come to the part of the, the, the key is this idea of attention. Paying attention. Uh, the modern world is the world of distraction. It's gotten worse lately with devices, you know. Distracted driving is a, a real hazard. But the, the famous English poet T.S. Eliot in the 20s, writing about the modern world, said, distracted from distraction by distraction. <laughs> like we're all distracted. That means people cannot focus, cannot pay attention. Uh, and we are not trained to do that. But it says here, he realized the text with proper attention. The word nevishta meant that means that Sutta Goswami drank the juice of Bhagavatam with his ears. It's like that intent, like a super thirsty person, really eager. That is the real process of receiving Bhagavatam. One should hear with rapt attention from the real person. So the real person has to be there. That's the person who was heard with rapt attention from the previous real person. And he can at once realize the presence of Lord Krishna in every page. The secret, here's the word again, Mujam, the secret of knowing Bhagavatam is mentioned here, no one can give rapt attention who is not pure in mind. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's something to pay, being learned to pay, the mind. Oh, that, that noise-making machinery in our head that's like always going off in a dozen different directions. Huh? Oh, the, the mind has to, oh, you have to be pure in mind. But it's, how can we be pure in mind? Oh, he says here, well, no one can be pure in mind who is not pure in action. Oh, if we're, our mind has to be pure, then our behavior has to be pure. No one can be pure in action who is not pure in eating, sleeping, fearing, and mating. That is to say, even the most basic animal activities of life have to be done in a pure way. 
Then you can start to pay attention. So the regulative principles of Krishna consciousness should not be just compartmentalized as moral rules. They are the rules of knowledge. If you want to have knowledge, these are the principles for knowledge. Tell anybody in a university that these days. <laughs> who are all trying to find out, at least on our higher levels and different departments, you know, the culture principles of everything. If you want to know them, you have to do this. But somehow or another, someone hears with rapt attention from the right person at the very beginning, one can assure you see Lord Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam. So here, Prabhupada is showing what a guru does. Not just present the topic, but train people to become hearers. That's the other part of it. We have to be uh, trained, and therefore that has to enter into relationships. Now, in the next text, 141, uh, it goes, goes all the way back. Srila Vyasadev said, here's Vyasadev, so obviously he must have come in again later and this is the idea that he again added stuff on after he first spoke it. Uh, to Shukadeva. Again, now he's adding something more. But that's what it says, Vyasa Vibhacha. On hearing Sutta speak, thus, Shodaka Muni, who is the elderly, learned leader of all the Rishis engaged in that prolonged sacrificial ceremony, congratulated Sutta Goswami by addressing him as follows. What he says. Uh, so I mentioned that Shalaka Rishi was qualified to to uh, give those congratulations, and he said he congratulated Sri Sutta Goswami uh, when he expressed his desire to present Bhagavatam exactly as he heard it from Sukadev Goswami and realized it personally. So now Prabhupada's commenting on the last verse, really, uh, this, where he says, uh, as he had heard it exactly, and as he had realized it. So here, here this, this part is a commentary on the previous verse, really, continuing. Prabhupada sometimes does like that, he overflows. So, so now he wants to talk about personal realization. Personal realization does not mean that one should, out of vanity or pride, attempt to show one's learning by trying to surpass the previous acharyas. He must have full confidence in the previous acharya. 
and at the same time he must realize the subject matter so nicely that he can present the matter for a particular circumstance in a suitable manner. So two things, completely faithful, but then in the circumstances be able to be completely faithful and yet intelligible to the audience. That means you're absolute and relative. He must have full confidence in the previous Acharya and at the same time he must realize the subject matter so nicely that he can present the matter for the, for the particular circumstances in a suitable manner. The original purpose of the text must be maintained. Here it's in italics. And Prabhupada's original, this is one of the original Bhagavatams he printed in India, it was in bold phase. The original purpose of the text must be maintained. No obscure meaning should be screwed out of it. <laughs> You're trying to figure out something that nobody's ever knew, huh? Yet it should be presented in an interesting manner for the understanding of the audience. This is called realization. And then realize you're able to do this. Somehow you hear it, you understand it exactly, you digest it, you absorb it, it becomes part of you. And when it comes out again, it may be expressed in a different way, uh, with a certain inflection, with a certain individuality. Just as, in fact, Srila Prabhupada is speaking here to us. If you read the writings of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he never talks like that. <laughs> the way Prabhupada is really a completely different voice. And here we have Prabhupada's voice. Uh, this is called realization. The leader of the assembly, Shonaka, could estimate the value of the speaker. Sri Sutta Goswami simply by his uttering yata vitam yata mati. And therefore he was very glad to congratulate him in ecstasy. Uh, no learned man should be willing to hear a person who does not represent the original Acharya. So the speaker and the audience were bona fide in this meeting where Bhagavatam was recited for the second time. That should be the standard recitation of Bhagavatam so that its real purpose can be served and Lord Krishna can be realized without difficulty unless this situation is created. Bhagavatam recitation will be for ulterior purposes and such recitation is useless labor, both for the speaker and for the audience. So here's what Prabhupada did. Not only did he come as a realized speaker, he had to create bona fide, qualified hearers. Mm -hmm. 
That's why we have the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. To make those people, hopefully us, who are qualified hearers of Bhagavatam. And then, if we become qualified hearers, we can in turn become qualified speakers. So that's why this institution is different from any other educational institution. Because it is understood, as Prabhupada mentions about Bhagavad Gita, it is not for the amusement or the entertainment of armchair speculators, it is for the formation of character. And this formation of character, this uh, following these principles of Krishna consciousness, are not simply something in the realm of morality uh, or, or correct action, they're there for the realm of true knowledge, real knowledge. So that's what Macharya does. This is the, 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 the mercy of the Macharya for suffering humanity. So Prabhupada came here and out of what people would have thought unpromising material. <laughs> because when he came to America, like the rest of the Gaudiamat, they, they understood when they were sending their missions to Europe that they realized they had something that was a, the highest product of an advanced culture. Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Very, very elevated. And so they were thinking that the people that would be the reception, proper reception, would be also the educated elite. And that's what they're looking for. If you see the I had in my hands the original copy of the original copies of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. This was the book that the Gaudiya Mahat had prepared for their, their three preachers to take to London in 1933. And it was, first of all, written by Nishikant Senyal, uh, uh, who is a professor of history, very, very high level English, not easy, and aimed at a very high audience. Uh, uh, that was the expectation, and you can see the introduction to Prophet Bhagavatam did. This is what, what, what. He was expecting also it would be at least taken up by the leading people. Who showed up was not those leading people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I know right away that, that uh, most of his god brothers would have like, looked around for somebody else and probably didn't. So that, that, was, his, uh, that was his effort. So the, the uh, idea uh, here uh, of this uh, Guru Tattva, the essence of Guru-ness, also contains within it not just an abstraction, but the ability uh, to uh, realize and, and relate and give it to others so that it could be understood, this, this realized knowledge is there. And that, that realized knowledge really means that one has to have experience. Uh, uh, 
principles that are pure in eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, these are what are required. And then you have this very interesting idea that you don't change anything. As Prabhupada said, I haven't changed anything. I've simply repeated. But then you read Bhakti Siddhanta and it's, <laughs> it's uh, quite different. And you go back to other previous acharya, they're all individuals, distinct characters, really. <laughs> really. Uh, but still, the message is, is the same. And that's what, that's what it means when it's alive. It has a living force in it. And it, uh, it uh, is faithful. And at, 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 at the same time, uh, absolute and relative. Relative means in a relationship. And uh, we believe in relationships. Krishna, his name has his own names or names of his relatives. Uh, that's personal. So this is what's there. I think we'll stop there. I don't know how the leg was supposed to go. We got time for some. Huh? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> any, any questions, comments? Yes, Thank you very much. Uh, in the, from the four quotes when you're reading, uh, you quoted Prabhupada saying that one should not be envious of the spiritual master. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, envious of spiritual master? Uh, one should really be, want to become the servant of the spiritual master. There are people, there have been people in our movement that, 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 that didn't want to remain the servant. They wanted to be the master. Prabhupada was asked once, uh, some gentleman from India was praising him uh, for having done a miracle. And Prabhupada said, no, I, I, I'm not creating anything miraculous. He said, uh, one, one thing is to my credit. I have always remained the servant. I have never tried to become the master. So, uh, the pe- people, when, when, when you, when you uh, uh, look at a great person, uh, sometimes, uh, when you envy somebody, that means they have something that's admirable. If they didn't have something that was enviable, you wouldn't envy them. But they've got some really great thing. Now, now, what's the difference? Uh, just, just like, the, like, look at the Mayavans. They appreciate Krishna. They appreciate his wealth, strength, his beauty, and knowledge. They appreciate his godhood. So they do. My bodies, you can read pages and pages of glorification of God in my bodies who are actually. What, what makes them envious of God? Because they want to become God themselves. Let me be God. That's envy. 
Yeah, you have all those great qualities. The only problem is you have them and not me. <laughs> I want them for myself. <laughs> Stab, take over. <laughs> so envy is also there's you know there's appreciation. So when one appreciates the, the, the previous acharya, yes, I'm glad. Just like we should say, yes, Krishna, I'm glad that you're the supreme personality of Godhead, and I just want to become your servant. And I say to my spiritual, I'm glad you're my guru. I just want to become your servant. So the temptation where there's some great person is to envy that person, and, and as you know. Uh, in, in, in mundane affairs, in business, in universities, and hospitals, or whatever, people are trying to, you know, knock the guy out who's in charge and take his place. They're always doing this. That's what makes it material. One of the things that makes material life quite miserable is these people wanting to become, you know, they, everybody has their little God project, <laughs> which involves a lot of time envy and wanting to, to and if you can't really get rid of the person then you can certainly talk bad about them to everybody you know you can whatever <laughs> that's it okay you got question I'm trying to understand when Prabhupada addresses or in his address to Shilabhakti Siddhartha Saraswati he says, you know, the universal guru mm -hmm. and he's speaking obviously as you explained so nicely the, the principle mm -hmm. and for the disciple to relate to that universal principle but also you know, it's a very personal relationship so and also he made Sometimes, I mean, we see that it happened in our, in our, you know, ISCOM community through the history that one start to look throughout, you know, especially in saying the Gaudiam that there is also, you know, Prabhupada, Prabhupada's God brothers presenting also uh, in some way, well, at least it's supposed to be presenting the same teachings and representing the same teachings mm -hmm. and being also part of that same principle of the universal guru. But yet Prabhupada also warned that do not, you know, so that type of thing. So it's, it's, it, it is there, but also one have to, there's, there's that conflict sometimes. I'm not sure which conflict you're talking about now, but that, that. Let me help. Huh? Let me help. Where is time? Other people that are also teaching Bhagavad Siddhanta's teachings and Buddhist and Guru is one. So, you know, I see. fences make good neighbors, mm -hmm. you know, but Guru is one. Um, the, the interesting thing, Prabhupada uh, saw the collapse of the Gaudiya Mahat. When I was doing research for this book on the position of Srila Prabhupada, I ended up reading uh, a great deal of the harmonists. 
And one of the effects of reading the harmonists was I got a sense of what the Gaudiya monk was like when it was healthy. Uh, and uh, extraordinary. I mean, in a, very, in a very short time, it expanded from a very few temples to all over India, and even Burma. There were a few uh, outside of uh, India. And then, but that wasn't all their aims, but all over India. Their real focus, their, 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 their crowning glory, was to go to the West. Just going all over India with the stepping stone, and they did this huge drive to, to do it. The order to preach in English that Prabhupada got from Bhakti Siddhanta was actually given to so many of his leaders. He wasn't singled out for this. It was just Bhakti Siddhanta's idea and when he first met Prabhupada, he saw that he was studying at an English language college, and you should do this, was his very first instruction, and again his last uh, letter that he got from him told him the same thing. Uh, so he wasn't the only one at all. Uh, but it didn't happen. It, it, ju it, just, it just didn't happen. And the Gaudiya Mott fell apart, basically. The seeds were there. The competition between the Sri Chaitanya Mott and Mayapur, which was the apparent Mott of all the others, and the big Gaudiya Mott in Calcutta, the big marble temple. And they began to compete for each other because People wanted, let me become the next Acharya, let me become uh, greater, let me certainly. So they were competing for this position. And they could not cooperate because of that. And, 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 and so it fell apart. And, and because of that, uh, Prabhupada himself, uh, the, the record shows, was always trying to cooperate with him. When he first got to New York, he wrote back and said to to, uh, to Chidha Maharaj of the Chaitanya Mahatma Mayapur, uh, if you just help me, I'll be a worker in, of, of the Chaitanya Mahatma, I'll be one of the servants. Because all, all he needed was some help to get money released from India. He had a donor to, to buy a temple in New York. Uh, very wealthy man, but there were currency restrictions. You know, Prabhupada would take 40 rupees out. The Gaudiya Mons, several the number of the sannyasis, they were very well connected with the Indian government. They'd only have to take a little trouble to go and spend a day or two and get the money released. Nobody did it. Not only did they not, they did not want to help, they didn't. They actively wanted him not to succeed. He did, but he kept trying, you know, the, the, he made the Bhaktivedanta Charity Trust at the end to help out, to work, to work together. He, he, he never stopped trying. But there was, there was something that was higher to these people than the principle of serving the spiritual master. And that was their own position. And, and there were some seeds of envy. Let me be in charge now. 
and they split over, over that. And the idea of the, doing the really hard thing, forming a governing body, but Rupert Swami and I just know how tough that is sometimes. But that forces you to cooperate with you to, to, to work to work together. So that's that's that was the problem. Otherwise, he Prabhupada says they're preaching in their own way. They're they're they're, they're making uh, 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 devotees. They're representing the philosophy, but. Not to the point where they can cooperate, uh, and, and it seems seems like the, the essence of working together is having compassion for fallen souls. That's exemplified uh, by by Bhakti Siddhanta uh, and, and that idea because because Prabhupada translated for us once in. in in a lecture, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta says, what well, I can't remember, so it appears day, disappearance day. He said, on this auspicious day, I shall give you the same order my spiritual master gave me. It's transferred. I'll give you the same order. Parampara, he said. He said, now to some extent you have understood this Krishna consciousness, which wasn't very much. It was a very early days. <laughs> now, he said, you should have some feeling for suffering humanity. That's what it amounts to. The idea of going to the West or preaching Krishna consciousness is to have some feeling for suffering humanity. Obviously, Bhaktisiddhanta, by making an organization, he understood it's a force multiplier. Five of us can go out and preach and working alone, we can do five to work with five people. If somehow we get together and organize from five people, we become the work of 15 to 20 people. That's what organization is, a force multiplier. And that's what Bhakti Siddhanta wanted, that kind of organization of cooperating together. And they could not realize it because of personal ambition and something higher than, than just being served of the spiritual master. So that's why one has to kind of be a little careful. And when, when, when Prabhupada sent uh, the disciples into India to stay with, to stay with the God brothers, uh, they had very bad experiences with them. Personal death, he's not qualified, he's not qualified. You know, Prabhupada was not very important. They said, because he was a householder, he was probably a rotten householder. <laughs> he was not a big deal in the Godiamon as far as everybody was concerned. And so here the dark horse comes out, you know, the, the, from the, from the, at the, you're at the race and uh, toward the finish line, that horse comes running up from the rear and wins. You know, is like, whoa! <laughs> that's, that's what they had to deal with. Okay. Anything else? Thank you very much, Sri Prabhupada.